What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode number five of the Leaders in Sport podcast. Broadcast. This, this is, I'll be honest, this is our third take of doing this, and I have said podcast every single one. So I'm just going to roll with it at this point. <laughs> the Leaders in Sport podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport. I'm your host, Adrian. This is my co host, Sylvie. I am fired up on today's episode, and it's only fitting because of our guest. Before we hop into the episode itself, I have a small request. If you are listening to this on um, on your iPhone, it's even easier. Pop on to whatever app you're using. Leave us a review and a rating. We hope it's five stars. If it's not, no problem. And a little bit of feedback on how we can improve the podcast would be fantastic. This helps us get the word out. It helps the podcast grow, and it'll help us get on some, you know, some different guests in the industry. Our goal when we started this with Designs for Support was to create the very best podcast for strength coaches, personal trainers, naturopaths uh, in the world that was you know, focused on stuff that, that you can use to help drive your practices and your businesses. So if you could do that for us, that would be fantastic. Our guest today, Mr. David Lawrence, he's one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in the United States. He's trained hundreds of athletes in more than 20 sports. And in addition to running his own uh, performance facility, Mecca, they actually have three of them uh, now, so not, not his own, his his entire, I guess, uh, empire of Michigan strength and conditioning. He is the head coach at Concordia University, and he's also been hired as the national team conditioning coach for Ghana's Women's Football Federation. Um, I don't think David sleeps much, and he loves cold brew coffee, so I, I guess it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, so we had an absolute pleasure talking to uh, Dave. He's just a mecca of knowledge <laughs> oh you didn't do it yeah, i did it uh and yeah if, if you're a strength coach or someone who wants to even start a facility uh it he is definitely the person to listen to we get into his story of growing his business um going through the 08 crisis and how yeah how he he came out on top and he's continuing to grow even through all of the challenges of the last couple of years and yeah, we had a great conversation. I, I think like we'll do several follow-ups with Dave because he's great. So he's great. He's great. I really like him. <laughs> I say that about everybody though. <laughs> you do. <laughs> but that doesn't take away from Dave. I do really like him. I like it. I agree. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please enjoy episode number five of the Leaders in Sport broadcast with Dave Lawrence. Dave, welcome so much to the podcast. We appreciate having you on. This is the uh, the DFS podcast. Um, typically, typically we'll do some sort of introduction, and then I butcher it, and then the guest just comes back and corrects me. Sure. Yeah. So I'll let I'll let you do your own. All right. Uh, I'm David Lawrence. Um, I'm a strength coach in Detroit, uh, Michigan. We have three locations right now. So we have two in Metro Detroit, and then we just opened our third location uh, two weeks ago in Grand Rapids. So in the summer, we'll do uh, roughly seven, eight hundred uh, PT sessions a week with all three gyms. Um, we're pretty busy in the summer. And then um, we'll, hopefully we'll be more as we grow here soon. But um, we have about 25 staff right now with uh, general managers, nutritionists, um, strength coaches. And everything we do is one-on-one -on -one personal training. Um, so it's really, really great. Um, 
I've trained athletes in over 30 sports, like almost everything, like all the way from like equestrian. <laughs> what a treat that must be. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, uh, so I've done a lot of different things, but I got my start um, right after college at the, a place called the Polyquin Performance Center um, in Chicago. It was a great, great experience, a great environment. And um, I was an athlete that always wanted to excel and do well in sport in my, I played football and um, I, I didn't really have a great uh, strength training uh, coach my last two years, my first three years, I had a great one, but um, I kind of petered out and it, and I didn't quite make it. I wasn't really a great athlete or try hard guy. Um, but when I went to the Polyquin Performance Center, I saw athletes make more progress in 12 weeks than I'd seen guys on our team that were really good athletes making five years. And um, so I mean, we were talking 18, 20 pounds of muscle in 11 weeks. It was pretty impressive. And so um, after that, I, I left. Um, my uh, wife and I, we had our first child. Um, we have four kids now. And um, we had our first child, so we moved back to the D Detroit area where my family is. And I started the gym, uh, Michigan Elite Conditioning for Athletes. Um, since then, I've been the um, head strength coach uh, for university, uh, for, for Concordia University in Ann Arbor. I oversaw 23 teams and 300 athletes. And, and I've been a national team strength coach for the Guyanese women's national soccer team. And our really good uh, results with them is pretty, pretty enjoyable um, working with them. And then the whole time I've been running my, um, my business. So, so that's kind of the, the story. Um, Perfect. No, it's good. Well, don't worry. We'll dig in. We'll, we'll start digging. So it's good. Yeah. What, this is, you went, you went to school um, where? You played football in university? Yeah, at Central Michigan University. So okay. um, it, was, it was a great experience. I uh, played with um, like 18, 19 guys that played in the NFL. So uh, it was pretty cool. So I actually got to train some of those guys too. So, Did you after? After, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was. Um, it is funny. I think you know. You said you try hard. I was. Uh, I play hockey on Wednesdays now, which is hilarious because I didn't for like 15 years. And I got off the ice, and one of our coaches was like, "Man, you really try hard, eh?" Yeah. Like, well, when you're not good at anything, yeah. <laughs> like you don't have any other option. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that's almost a, a very traditional strength coach story. Um, when did you, were you already interested in it when you were in university? Did you start to study kin or exercise science at that time? Yeah. So actually, um, my father was a, a very successful power lifter, uh, in drug free back in the eighties. And I has a picture of me, um, with a diaper on and a singlet, like trying to get <laughs> pounds. It's actually really cool. Um, so my dad actually got me into it and, um, you know, it's really funny is I was a very fast athlete, but I wasn't very strong. Um, I, I remember I got hooked on weightlifting and, and strength training when I was about 14 years old and my dad had me training um, three days a week doing um, uh, a Larry Pacifico um, uh, powerlifting program and I after I did I, I think I was like 150 pounds and I squatted um, 225 for 10 reps I was in eighth grade and uh, two weeks later I had my first dunk uh, when I was in eighth grade I was like oh my gosh this is amazing. And so I was really hooked. I could see how much it improved um, your sports performance. Um, how big were you in eighth grade? How tall were you? I was like a 5'11", 5'10". Okay. Yeah. That's a big eighth grader. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, so I had a lot of success doing strength training. But after that, like, 
I started really reading all the stuff about speed training, this and that. And I tried a bunch of different things, but I wish, it had, I, wish I would have just tried to get stronger. It would have really helped me out a lot. And um, so that's kind of how it started for me. And um, when I wasn't able to make it to play like professional football, um, I, uh, I was like, well, this is the next best thing. I'd like to, to, to work with athletes and help them uh, fulfill their potential. So, and that's something I never, I always, it always will burn me. I never fulfilled my potential in sport. And right. that will always, always burn me too. And, um, and you always want to give what you didn't have. And yeah. so that's basically my passion. And I love training athletes and, and helping, um, help them get to the next level. Athletes are great athletes because they're, 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 they're there. I mean, they're, and you just help them facilitate them to fulfill their potential. It's, it's really rewarding. Yeah. It's uh yeah, we, we talk to that about people all the time. It's like, it's already a really good car. Like yeah. it's, already, it's already a really good car. <laughs> we're just trying to make it a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jordan, I think Jordan mentioned that there was an injury that along the way, um, was there something related to strength and conditioning? Like you just felt like your, your previous strength coach had broken you down so much. Yeah, we had like a lot of, so, um, and you know, what's funny. Some guys did really well on his program too. It's very volume based. Right. Um, but all the good athletes didn't do well, which is really funny. So you started learning, Hey, you know, some programs might work really well. Some programs might not work really well, but all, um, like I, the first strength coach I had in university was more of an Olympic lifting guy. And the time under tension was quite low, but when I, when I was 21, I had a 35 inch vertical jump. And it was pretty good. So, um, but uh, when we had a new strength staff come in, it, uh, my progress really was um, like basically retarded my progress. I, I decreased quite a bit in my ability to run fast. And, and so that was what I was good at doing. And um, so, yeah, so, so in the process, I mean, gosh, I, I, there's a lot of stories. The volume was insane. I mean, we'd have some workouts. <laughs> when we had one workout, it was, we did 50 sets of two on back squat at, a, at 120% of your wow. 1RM. It's re we had three, three spotters, three spotters. We had like six guys get hurt, injured in the workout. <laughs> How long was the workout? <laughs> it was like four hours. It must have been. <laughs> so, How long? And, then, uh, and then we ended up running uh, a 51 110s afterwards. But my, I'm not even kidding. I can't make this stuff up. It was quite, quite horrendous, but it was hard. I mean, and that's why we were doing it. It was hard, but um, not really like, but that I, I, hopefully those old school programs are kind of going away and, you know, those coaches, you know, aren't, aren't around much longer. So, yeah, we, we joke about Brazil all the time because Brazil has great MMA fighters, but it's just, it's just who makes it like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's if you can just stay alive long enough to get there, that you, you're probably pretty good, <laughs> but it's just, it's just trying to stay alive the whole time. Yeah. Uh, well, that's amazing. So then how did you end up? Charles is obviously a, a theme amongst all these podcasts, all the original, um, are, I guess, yeah, the, the sports, board of directors most people have some sort of tie to charles um we had preston on last week obviously um he's uh, he's got a tie so what was your what was your experience how did you meet charles poliquin how did you come in contact with him i actually read his book uh, modern trends and strength training and i read it right away and i was like and i read it again and then that night after i read the book there's an advertisement uh, I looked and there was an ad for an, a position. 
So I applied and I ended up getting the job. So yeah, that's what happened basically. It's so insane, eh? just, just, just like that. Like, yeah. So actually what I heard is they hired, uh, like five or six other people before me, but they all got fired. <laughs> <laughs> so like they needed someone last minute and it was in, I, I interviewed in February, January, February. And, um, and they didn't call me back until, till maybe like May. They called me in May. Yeah. And the, uh, Mike, the owner, which I, I really liked him a lot. Uh, Mike calls me. It's like a Thursday night and we do a 45 minute second interview. And he's like, okay, you have the job. He's like, can you be here tomorrow morning? <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't. I can't be here tomorrow morning. I'm in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. <laughs> he's like, okay. It was like eight o'clock at night. And he's like, okay, I'll give you uh, till Monday. Can you make it Monday? I'm like, yeah, I think I can make it Monday. So <laughs> that was the start. Um, and it was a, it was a good experience. Um, it was a great experience for a young strength coach. So yeah, it was really good. So one of the big things is obviously mentors, you know, sort of in that time was who were your mentors at that time? Was it, um, Charles, obviously, did you work directly with him or no, I didn't work Charles? Um, it was right when Charles was getting his, um, his teaching center up in Rhode Island. So he was there quite a bit, but right kind of when I started coming along, he had, he, he wasn't there as much. Um, but um, I would say my first three mentors were a guy named um, Mike Beistel, who, who, ran the, who owned and ran the Performance Center, and then um, a guy named Bobby DeThomasis in Chicago. He's, he's a great strength coach there. Um, and then I, a guy in Chicago also named Dave Hollinger. Um, so those are my first three mentors that I had. And I had, they were really good because they all taught me um, program design and how to train hard and all that stuff. And then um, after I went on my own, I started doing consults with Charles um, a couple times a year. And basically, um, every seminar that he would put on, I would try to, to go. I mean, I would travel to Canada. I traveled over to Europe, and all over the U.S., um, kind of following him around and taking classes. And he really helped me out a lot. Anytime he'd be in Detroit, I'd always do a um, consult with him. And he, he taught me uh, – the most on speed training and how to get guys faster. And he's like, Dave, you know, what's really cool. He's like, my secret is that um, I can get, if they're a decent athlete, I can get anybody in the world to be top 1% in speed for the first 30 meters. And he's like, you can do that too. And the biggest thing that Charles actually ever did for me is the first person that gave me confidence in my life um, that said, Hey, you can be good at this. You can do this. And that was really, really cool. Um, I was always a pretty confident guy, but he's like, Hey, Go out and, and work really hard, and, and you can and you can be really really good. And um, I always appreciated that, and that made a big um, difference for me. So I think that the best thing that Charles actually ever taught me was how to give other people confidence, because he was able. To, he gave me a lot of confidence as a young strength coach. You know, it's really cool when you're 26, 25, 26 years old, and Charles Poliquin's like, "Hey, you can be really good." You know that that mo that's very motivating, and so I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful for that. So. What other early lessons stand out from those those days? We have interns come through our program all the time, and and it's, uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, you had five people get fired. It's so hard to know in one interview, right? Sure. It, yeah, it, it is. And Adam, do you do you have interns at Mecca? Yeah. So here's the thing: is like I was the dumbest person at the Polycom Performance Center by far. I didn't know what a VMO was. I didn't know what origin insertion was. I didn't know what nerve innervation was. Like I didn't know any of these things. Like I had no background. Like I had, I had a PE degree, but I was playing football. So I went to school to play football.
for our math teacher degree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I failed anatomy three times. I really did. I'm not like very like book smart. I'm not like it's, I struggled in school. Okay. I'm a bit better now that I, you know, don't have a book in front of me. I do like to read a lot, but, um, but, um, but so I, but I think the thing is, is, is really hard work. So what I did is I said, you know what? I don't know anything. I am not the smartest person here. Um, but what can I do? I can control how hard I work and how much I work. And so my goal working there was to make the company the most money that I possibly could make and to serve other people as much as I possibly could do. And like I, we worked in a lot of hours. We worked, so in the summer, um, there's a 12 week stretch in the summer where I had um, I 12 weeks in a row where I had 60 appointments, personal training appointments, one hour long for 12, for 12 straight weeks every summer when I was there. So I, I was there three summers and I was determined that I would be doing the most appointments in the facility. And then when I didn't have appointments, I would try to shadow Mike or Dave or, or Bobby. And, and when I go home, I would read and get better. And, um, that repetition has really served me well. I probably, I think I calculated, I've done like around 27,000 hours of personal training uh, or strength and conditioning coaching just on the floor in the last 11 years. So it's quite a bit. So when you have that kind of experience, um, you make a lot of mistakes and you learn and you get better at coaching and cueing. And that doesn't count like all seminars or reading or program design or anything like that. So I, I did really well by just being um, exposure to volume uh, and, and, and being able to work with athletes. And probably my biggest advantage that I have as a strength coach is just being able to work with so many athletes in so many hours. It's, it's, that's kind of the secret is just work, work a lot. It, it really yeah. is. And, <laughs> and, um, and you can have some success. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that really is. And, um, that will separate you if you just if you want it if you really want it um, and I, I really want to be good in this because it's quite frankly I haven't been very good in anything else <laughs> so I have to be good in something right um, so I was like hey you, Dave, you, you have your one life you better be good in something right so I really want to be good in this and um, so I've tried to put full effort you know and all that so so yeah so yeah I think, yeah I think that's so important to point out you know the the repetitions and doing that I think you know, a lot of the time when we get people inquiring about, you know, sort of, again, getting into the field and even opening your own gym, which I want to definitely talk about that. But, you know, it's, it is about like literally constant repetition and putting in a lot of that work that's unexpected and, and kind of that free time when you're shadowing other people learning when you, when you can, because, you don't learn without being on the floor, even, you know, build, if you want to build anything online or do things, you know, aside from being in the gym, you have to know how to be in the gym. And I think that that's like something that gets, you know, a little confusing in this virtual world that we have now. So <laughs> you, you literally need to be in the gym to, to understand what it, what it takes to, to have that. So I want to talk about, yeah, what was your passion for uh, building a gym on your own? Was it you know, just sort of based off of seeing, you know, what, what Charles had built or did you always kind of picture yourself having your own business and gym? Yeah. So I never really pictured myself having like, okay. So when I graduated um, university, um, I got married right away um, uh, at the time to my, now my, my now wife, but I thought I was going to work a nine to five job 
um, go home, be with the kids, be off on the weekends, all that stuff, right? Wrong. <laughs> um, I so basically after I left, my my we were having a baby and we were in their their last economic recession. And Michigan got hit, got smashed. Like Michigan yeah. got smashed, and there was no one would hire me. There's no work available, so I had to start my own business. And um, I had eight thousand dollars in my pocket, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but um, in Michigan was hit so bad that the rent uh, on the three thousand square foot um, warehouse was like thirteen hundred bucks. You can't get four hundred square feet in Toronto. <laughs> you can't. Um, and. So I had $8,000 and my rent at my house was 750 bucks for my apartment, a little two bedroom apartment. And um, I had to make $5,000 a month to cover everything. And the first month I made $5,000. So we were even and yeah, I just went from there. So it was um, quite a blessing to be honest. And um, I started re reading a lot of business books, a lot of um, money management books, a lot of investing um, I think the biggest book, it's a basic one, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, by Robert Kiyosaki. That actually really got me thinking about um, why you should own a business and, and how to start investing and that sort of thing. And so that's, that's kind of how, how I got started. It was out of necessity because no one would hire me. Um, and so that, and then you kind of, you have to find a way to feed your family, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think if it was just me, I, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have probably been complacent. But um, my my daughter was little, and my wife depended on me. She's Canadian. My wife's Canadian, so she couldn't work. She, right. She hadn't got her visa yet and everything. So so yeah. So it um, but it's been it's worked out really really well. And I'm like I'm 35 right now. I started the business when I was 26, and I wouldn't have wanted to work for myself when I was 26. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I'm a, we're, we have much better systems and processes and we have a really good operations team. We have a good marketing team that's improving all that stuff. So we're really, really starting to try to grow a really good business now. What you, uh, you, you, so you started, it was Mecca right from the start. That was the name, like right off the hop. Yep. How long was it just you? Oh, for me, uh, it was me for probably six months. Six months, and yep. then you started to add. Who is when you started to bring people on? Did you bring on coaches first? Did you yep. bring on? Yeah, brought on a coach, and then I brought on like a like a the next hire was one coach, and then I brought on um, my friend who was uh, in finance, and he moved across the state to come on, and um, he's actually one of our best trainers now. He's kind of moved out of finance. Um, he, he had no no desire. He's just like I'll help do the books for you and and all that. So. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And, um, yeah, in business, it, it's, um, it's really about people and finding the right people. But like in, in, I was really poor at that, at the start, to be honest, I was really, really poor. And, um, we're, we're doing a much better job of hiring people, um, onboarding people, training people. I'm really giving a really good career path for trainers. So like, I know you guys have uh, health insurance in Canada, but um, if you work at a gym, you probably don't have health insurance here. Um, right. So we have like health insurance, we have retirement, we have PTO, paid time off, all that stuff yeah. that you'd expect for, from a business. And we really try to take care of our, our employees. We really feel like they're our partners and uh, it's going really, really well. We're, we're having a good goal of it right now. Um, 
So probably the wrong year to we open two gyms this year, probably the wrong year to do that. But uh, but we're still having a good go and, and, and we're, we're even right now, we're leveled out. So yeah, pretty blessed about that. So you went from one to three this year? Yes. Not yeah. one to two, not one to two, one to three. One to three. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Go that's big. that's go so big. American, eh? Yeah, I buy one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, well, the, the, the second one took us a year and a half to get going. And then the third one was easy because um, I have a really good friend that I worked with at the Pelican Performance Center that was um, really wanted, needed some help on the business side. And we had really good, he's a great coach. He already had an established clientele in Grand Rapids. So we were just, hey, let's help bring, infuse some cash into this. Let's get a new space. Let's get some operations going. Let's get some marketing going. And but we were supposed to open in May, but COVID shut everything down. So we just opened two weeks ago. So, and so, then so it's American, yeah. <laughs> it's very American. Yeah. Grand, Grand Rapids is the one. And then uh, we're, the other two, what, Royal York? Yeah, so we're in Novi. It was the, the original. And then um, that's going great. That's our, our biggest one. And then Royal Oak, Birmingham, that's where uh, all the most of the professional athletes live. Got and, it. Um, it's a, a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful space, beautiful gym, the 14,000 square feet. Um, we did, we renovated the whole building. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And then, um, then Grand Rapids as well is, is, a, is a wonderful. When you, when you talk to, do you, do you do any business mentorship for coaches? Do they know they don't reach out to you at all? I, I, I get, uh, probably at least a request a month, but it's not worth my time, unfortunately. There's other people like I have. Um, so every hour is really important to me and every hour that I can invest in um, my coaches and my staff, like, like, honestly, we could probably like, we have a really good training system here. Um, and um, we use mostly Charles stuff, but a really good way of explaining and educating our trainers. But let's say um, like, if you have a, if you're, if you're doing well in business you know, you can help your employee, someone that works for you, you know, make quite a bit of money, but they're going to make you quite a bit of money if you invest that time into them. Not right away. It takes time. So really everything we try to do is it reinvest our time and our resources back into our employees. Um, that's why I don't do like continuing education for other coaches or, or stuff like that. It's just not the like, eat, like I would have to make a significant amount of money right away to, for it to be worth the time. And it's just not. So yeah, yeah. that's why I like a guy like, um, like uh, who does really well, like Nick Mitchell from ultimate performance. Yeah. He gets asked all the time to do, um, to do like uh, business mentors. He's like, hey, it's not worth, it's not worth my time. I got too much going on. Right. So no, it, for sure. It makes sense. And there's, and there's really, there's a lot of other people who'd probably do a better job than, than me in, in terms of that. So, yeah, I think growing, growing a, a business, Oh, he's obviously hard. Growing a fitness business is, is, is yeah. probably more challenging. And then doing it with sports as well is another, is another like layer and aspect. And so that's why I ask what, what has been, what has been one of the keys to your success? Do you think that you've been able to go from, from one to three and you've been able to, to coach all those athletes, mm -hmm. uh, all those people throughout the year? Um, what do you think some keys are to your success? So, um, there's, um, there's a book called The E-Myth um, by a guy named Michael Gerber. It's why, uh, The E-Myth, why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. Uh, it's a great book for um, uh, young uh, startups or young entrepreneurs. And I'm a, um, so in there, there's, have you guys heard of that book? 
Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Okay, so, so okay, what I do is I read a book and I actually try to apply the principles. <laughs> Crazy idea. Whoa. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like the books work if you work the book, you know. So, um, <laughs> so what I really try to, I'm a, I'm a decent entrepreneur. I like have a lot of ideas, um, and I'm pretty good technically at what I do, right? And they have the so there in the book is the entrepreneur, the uh, manager, and the technician. Well, I can't manage anybody to save my life. Like I'm a horrible operator. And so where our, we were growing at a really good rate and the biggest thing that helped me is I got a great operator in. That's what I did. So I, I sold um, uh, some of my business to him. He came in and he's really taken us to the next level. So we have our, like our systems and our processes and how we onboard, like how we, how we do everything. He, he basically runs the ship and now we have general managers at each location that run that and he, he manages them. It's, it's very, we have a really good system, a really good process that happens right now. And that's allowed me to not worry about like employee problems. So I can do all the fun stuff. I can lead from the front. I can spend my time educating the coaches. I can spend the time training top athletes. I'm now what's really happened is I have to be a bit more of a CEO. I'm a bit lazy. I like, like I really enjoy training athletes and being out on the floor, but I'm, um, Recently, I'm behind a computer more and trying to try be more of a little bit of a bean counter and yeah. <laughs> trying to get our business to run and, and be more efficient. Um, but, but yeah, so, so that was the biggest thing is knowing um, where I was weak at. And, and then when, when we filled that weakness, I was really able to do what I enjoy doing is trying to really drive the business forward. And I tell Mike, he's the operations manager. He's awesome. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to make, make a lot of mess for you, but you'll clean it up and organize it, and, and I'll try to grow this thing really fast. So that's what we're trying to do. So I noticed you mentioned, you mentioned speed several times in that. In that. That's, so, that's such an important piece to a, to a small business. Would you, do you feel that way, like being able to react quickly and move quickly? Or no, you think it's important that it's, you take your time, it's a little more methodical? It depends. It really depends because um, we've had times where – like right now, I wish the last two years you wouldn't have moved this fast, <laughs> but um, we're moving. Like we're going in the right direction. And actually, so you know what? I, uh, I think speed is really important as long as um, you correct your mistakes as fast as possible. Because the, the faster you go, the more mistakes you're going to make, you're going to redline it. And, um, but if you're willing to make mistakes and be okay with it, which it's fine. It's just, we always just have a phrase. It's just money. So, so as long as you don't do anything um, super detrimental to your business, um, it, you, you should be all right. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing too, like, honestly, one thing, if you go fast, you need to have cash, cash reserves. That's one thing that, that we've always done here is we've kept a lot of cash in our business. And that's a, that's a thing that I see a lot of small business small business owners make is you can't grow your business without keeping cash in. Um, so yeah. That's great. Why, why just personal training? Why just one-on-ones? It's results. You can get for, for me, I can get better results. I've been national team coach I've trained athletes. I've done, um, been a head strength coach at university. I've, you can do some stuff with semi-private, but the thing is, is like semi-private market is really, um, it's really saturated here. Uh -huh. And so we're like basically the only gym that does one-on-one. -on -one. 
and we can really get great results. We do, we get great results like with body composition and, and speed and the, we get really, we get pretty good results with speed, but people just care about a picture. So we're able to post like good before and after. Pictures. You have, you have, you have I was going to say, you're, we saw some of your before and after pictures and they're very impressive. So yeah. um, what are some of the keys to that? Let's, let's get into like just a little bit of technical. So what, like you've obviously hired a team of nutritionists and obviously of the PT. And so it's kind of this, this group effort. So what are some of your keys to like really honing in on, you know, helping a client get a goal? Because I think that's, you know, obviously something that can be very difficult for personal trainers to kind of help that client get what they want as opposed to what the, the personal trainer wants, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, um, so I, I'm not an, I I'm only work well with athletes, to be honest. I'm not great with general population clients. Welcome, welcome, hey, welcome to the team. Okay, yeah. Welcome uh-huh. to the team. <laughs> So usually our goals are pretty aligned. Um, but here's the thing with athletes, like you guys know, they're one, they're all great athletes. They're genetically gifted. Um, two, when we see athletes, they, their bodies are pretty destroyed. Like they're very catabolic. Um, three, a lot of them haven't trained. I would say 80% of the pro athletes that I see haven't never trained properly. So like basic things like, there's been zero exercise variation. They've bench pressed, squatted, and cleaned or deadlift for like the last five or 10 years. So no exercise variation. Um, there's no like uh, change of velocity. So there's no tempo. Um, a lot of guys have never trained their lower back before. I mean, these are really low hanging fruit. So you just get someone to eat, hit their protein goal. You train them hard. Um, you're pretty basic like with how you train them and and things happen. There's obviously like a lot of um, tricks and secrets, but to be honest, it's like, okay, is he a genetic freak? Yes, he is. <laughs> is he is he well trained? No, he's not. Is he is he uh, malnourished? Yes, he's malnourished. So like, it's really shooting fish in a barrel. Um, I think it, the people who get uh, transformations with like reg- regular everyday people are more impressive. Those are like, I find that more impressive. But I mean. Like, like you guys and like myself are working with the top 1% genetically gifted freaks. I think the problem with strength coaches that don't get those results with those athletes is they don't know what they're really doing with nutrition. Like really, I'm talking about basic nutrition and they don't, um, they're, they're not hard enough on the client uh, and the athlete to say, hey, this is what you want to do. If you don't do it, it's not going to work out. And you have to, and you can't be, uh, you know, you, you, you can't be afraid to be demanding. I think being demanding is really, really important. Um, and like, uh, I have great relationships with, with, with all of our athletes, but you have to be demanding. You have to set your expectations high and usually they'll meet them. And usually there's a problem or two that will go wrong here or there, but um, with a good plan, you can sort it out. But really those are like the three things it's, it, it's uh, I wish I could, say something better but it's really no I think that's I think that's great I think like you know starting with that those like easy things to implement and having that foundation and like you said a lot of even professional athletes miss their protein goals and they don't eat enough and you you see this all the time where nobody does yeah yeah, Yeah. they'll come in not eating breakfast or whatever it is right and you're like yeah so I think it's just that that like foundational foundational principles that always work (laughs) And you have an in-house nutrition team as well, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, Rich Jacobs is our uh, head nutritionist, and he uh, works a lot with integrative functional medicine. He does a really good job with those guys. So um, yeah, it's 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 it, it goes pretty well. So yeah, we talk about that all the time. I think that's such a key that that uh, that strength coaches and personal trainers miss at times. It's like, well, you can if you have even if you don't have it within the same facility, but if you develop a nice referral network back and forth, like, you can you, you can make a huge difference. You can get way better results and then you can just, you can just help feed each other. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the problem there's, um, uh, most nutritionists, most like nutritionists that go to school don't have like a, aren't athletes and they don't really understand athletics. So finding someone who, who understands that side of things can be a real game changer for you if you can find the right person. So for sure. And then this, this is actually a good lead in obviously, um, supplementation plays, plays a role in that. You guys have a couple hilarious names for some of your supplements at the gym, by the way. Um, the LF, LFG is that? Yeah. Pre-workout. Yeah. 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 Pre-workout. Yeah. Uh, That's, uh, that's amazing. So, uh, we met at the DFH slash DFS kickoff conference. Um, let's call it that Jordan is the connector, I guess, with, with everyone in this entire circle, how did you get in contact with Jordan and the team over at DFH? So I first met Jordan uh, in in Colorado is actually Charles Poliquin's funeral. It was a bit sad, but we were at a really nice restaurant. And uh, so one of his, so one of his friends, I forget who it was I was with, I think it was Jonathan Wiseman. He's a a coach in Toronto. He goes, Hey, just letting you know, Jordan likes to like be real dominant and assertive, like right when he meets somebody. So, uh, you know, and Jordan and me are really good friends now, like really, really good friends. But I was like, okay, I'm going to mess with them. So Jordan walks in, shakes this person's hand. I see um, there, uh, Ben Clairfield was with Jordan at the time. So I give Ben a hug. I'm really good friends with Ben. And Jordan reaches out to shake my hand. And I said, I don't shake hands with people I don't know. I turned my back on him. <laughs> he was so shook. He was so shook. And I like kept like a straight face. Everybody was dying, like dying. And Jordan was like, what's, did I do something wrong? Like he was like a bit wigged out. And I like just said like, probably, it was probably a half hour later. I'm just like, no, I'm just messing with you. I'm, like, I'm Dave, like nice to meet you. And it like, it like really shook him after that. But We've been uh, good friends ever since. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it really, like, threw him for, like, a loop. Like, he didn't know what to do. It's awesome. Yeah, so, Jordan's the, like, prime example of, like, give me a second to overthink this. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, and so you guys, you guys have been using the DFH line in some capacity for quite some time. Yep. Right, at the gym. DFS, obviously, um, the expansion of the line. What are your favorite products inside the gym, either, either you or the nutrition team? Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, what, what challenges have you found in, in finding products? Were there certain products that you felt like weren't available on the market that you're excited to see come out as a result of this, this iteration? Yeah, the, the, um, the amino acid I'm super excited about. I'm, that's, I think, okay, I really think the way we use um, um, the branch chain amino acids and essential amino acids, I think that's, that's one of the secrets. That's why we get the amount of muscle mass that we do. I mean, we, we drive our guys so hard. And in, um, 
in football, we train a lot of football, um, a lot of women's soccer, um, some hockey, but in all those sports and, and we, a lot of different sports, but all those sports, there's an optimal weight for your position. And a lot of the athletes we see are, are underweight. So using uh, amino acids to help, um, to put on muscle tissues is, is, is kind of this a secret you could say. I'm a big up, upper fan. I love uppers. I love coffee. I love caffeine. I love <laughs> tyrosine. I love everything. <laughs> All right. Um, so like my favorite, um, my favorite supplement for pre-training, I think it's unbelievable is uh, Cogniate. Um, it's got the Bacopa, uh, Vinpacetine and Hooperzine in it. Um, that's probably my favorite neural stimulant. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, I have four kids, like I mentioned, and they all like uh, the Alpha GPC liquid. Um, those are great. I like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, I like Neuromag. Neuromag's great for calming the nervous system at night. I mean, um, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, you, the protein powder that I actually like um, from them quite a bit, it's different, is the um, Veggie Cleanse Plus. Um, it really helps with like support phase one and phase two of detoxification. It has a lot of, uh, has amino acids and different antioxidants in it. Um, my kids actually love the, the biophys, um, the C. Yeah. Oh yeah. The vitamin C. Yeah. 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 That with some collagen and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I haven't actually done, I have collagen, from, but I haven't done the combo. Yeah. We mix, Amazing. we mix the two because obviously the, the benefits of getting, yeah. So both of them together and, and uh, yeah, it's not bad because the, the collagen doesn't taste like anything. So yeah. Yeah. That, I'm going to try that. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> in the greens, I think the greens are unbelievable. So those would be like, I love the greens. Um, I think that that's fantastic. So yeah, those are, we use, I mean, with all of our athletes, it's, we use um, greens too. Um, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, so you work primarily with football um, at the moment or is it a variety still? So like, here's the thing is we have athletes in a bunch of different sports, but I, unfortunately, like I have an agreement with our team right now because Dave just loves to train <laughs> and we need our business to do like X, Y, and Z. So I am being like, moved off the floor a bit more um so we i've trained fo a lot of football in the past but um like right now i've, I've got a, a, a olympic sprinter um she finished i'm starting to train her prepare her for tokyo um this upcoming awesome. year in 36 weeks so she finished fourth in the 2016 um games in rio and so she really wants a, a gold medal and or wants to medal, so I get to prepare her, and that'll be a fun, exciting challenge, and, and all that stuff. So um, I train athlete, different kinds of athletes, but my team is kind of saying, "Hey, Dave, you need to spend more time working on the business and get out of the gym a little bit," which I absolutely hate. But um, that's kind of so. I train, I'll, I'll, I'll train probably eight athletes a year total right now. Gotcha. So. And so what are, um, speaking of supplements and nutrients, are there some similar patterns? We work primarily with hockey. So kind of know, you know, obviously some of the, the patterns with nutrition and sort of what their needs are. Are there specifics that you go to for, um, football players specifically, um, different from, from other sports, or is it just kind of obviously looking at the individual and the situation? 
So I think the biggest um, myth for strength coaches is like just feeding them calories. Uh, quality nutrients, like right, you need you need quality nutrition and you need the right amount of macronutrients. But um, the, the difference I would say with football in particular is there's three things that are going to be a limiting factor for a guy to, that will end his career or he won't get better. Number one is um, his uh, muscle tissue. So the amount of muscle mass he has on his body. Uh, number two is his brain. And the brain degenerates super fast in, in football because of the nature of the sport. Um, so like you'll see guys that are pretty fast when they come in. And if they are not properly trained and they're not eating well, they'll lose their speed very, very quickly and they'll be out of the NFL. Um, the nervous system will, will be diminished uh, for like a lot of, a lot of hits. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a very underrated factor that people just, that are, I think they're just starting to realize um, how much the brain plays a role. Um, but the third one, and, and really the, the most common one that takes out really good players that could play longer. So in the NFL, you have two tiers. You have guys that are going to just play one to three years, and they're, they're, they're just barely got into the league, right? Then you're going to have great players that could play 10 or more years, but there's the limiting factor with those guys is usually tendon and ligament health. So, um, so that's um, really, really big. What we do with our football players is we will do like, we'll do like a, like usually like some kind of a liver cleanse or, or our boot camp phase. And then we'll do a, um, we'll do a food sensitivity test. And, and that really takes a lot of the burden um, off of the body. What we see is people's uh, central nervous system, their ability to just for just eating the right nutrients and not creating inflammation um, in the in the gut and in the brain. Their their central nervous system and their power output is probably the highest it's ever been in their life. Six weeks after we do a elimination diet and do food sensitivity testing, it's it's really it's a game changer. And um, we do a ton of um, you would call like rehab exercises like sled dragging, step ups, kind of more remedial stuff in the general preparation phase with these guys. But it's really to just get blood flowing back in these joints and get these guys to um, um, get stronger in, in pretty much end ranges or disadvantaged positions that they haven't been exposed to before. So that's, that's kind of what we do with nutrition is we start – we. We, we really try to clean up guys' diets. And then after that, we really start adding in um, high-quality um, uh, supplementation. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Should we pop into some personal questions yeah. here? Yeah. What, couple of, couple of personal questions for all of our guests. What's your training look like personally right now? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm probably – I'm having a pretty good go of it right now training-wise. Um, so, uh, had, I can't tell the whole story, but, uh, <laughs> one of my, I, I would call him a friend or a mentor. We were out on a walk and I really, re, or he was over at my house and he, he flew in from, um, from Los Angeles and we we're going for a walk and he looked at me and he's like, Hey Dave, uh, you're a bit heavy to be running. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to lose some, I gotta, I gotta lose some weight. Um, 
But I'm training right now. I'm training. Uh, so I'm, I don't like doing it. Uh, I like doing just basic strength training. But I'm doing a little bit more bodybuilding. Okay. So I'll do like, a, and I'm training twice a day right now. So okay. I'm like really motivated to, to get in shape. <laughs> so I'm doing like uh, six reps somewhere. Like right now it's uh, six, four to six reps in the morning. And then um, sometimes eight reps. And then um, like, uh, like super like giant sets at night. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Who do you write your own programs? Does one of you, do you get one of your coaches to do yeah, it? Right now I write my own programs. Yeah. Oh, you did. I've had other people do uh, different things, but I'm a bit like, oh man, I'm really, I'm not like a good, <laughs> I, I always put myself last and like, even right now, um, I'm, I'm able to try to train twice a day, but it's never been like, after I got done with football, I love training and I really do. I really do enjoy training a lot but it's always been the last thing. So it's like when I was working for, uh, when I was working for the university, I quit the job two years ago and I was working for the national team. I was working like a hundred hours a week. Like I'd sleep probably four or five hours and I'd try to train like 20 minutes at night, like at 12 o'clock. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. only so long you can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, so my training right now is I have a four day split. I'm training about eight, Eight, seven, eight times a week. So, yeah, awesome. trying to really get in shape. You, that's not, that's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yelling, yelling in the PM sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I don't like bodybuilding though. I don't like bodybuilding, but I want to try to look good for like the first time in my life. How's that? Yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll take that. I yeah. feel the exact same way. He's yeah. trained for, for uh, sport for so long, and I've been, I've been seeing a lot more, um, yeah, isolation exercises yeah, and yeah, gun since, runs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since re since fighting retirement for sure they picked up yeah 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 for sure so so what does um you mentioned some of the supplements but what does your personal supplement regime look like right now um timing so, that sort of thing yeah so um it depends but right I'll, I'll give you like my day so like first thing in the morning when i wake up i'll drink um uh, 16 ounces of water with um, uh, sea salt and um, the uh, Ascensa greens, the, the greens from Designs uh, for Health. And then um, and I'll probably drink another 16 ounces of water. I'll stretch. First thing I'll do is I'll stretch in the morning. And then um, uh, after that, um, I have like a morning routine that I'll do and I'll, I'll cook breakfast. Um, and or like what I, I just got started doing meal prep service for the first time. And that's going great. So I have breakfast in the morning right after that. Um, with breakfast, I'll have like a, the, I'll have fish oil, a multivitamin, and I take carnitine. And then, um, and basically my supplements are fish oil, zinc, multivitamin, magnesium at night, and then um, any kind of upper you could imagine. Uh, all the coffee and all the pre-train and <laughs> have like a, if you guys ever like after this uh, COVID thing is over you guys come to the gym we have nitro cold brew on tap oh. we you were like, telling us about this yeah, it's, yeah. So good. it's like it's just crazy how many, how many, coffee how many, is essential yeah yeah how many a day how many coffees a day oh my gosh uh, so I was doing good but then we got a new um, <laughs> <laughs> we got a new company to do it. It is my favorite coffee company to, and so we're rolling like 
two to three eight ounce cups a day. It's not good, but I really do enjoy it. It's great. So we all have our things. So yeah. <laughs> we take coffee very seriously as well. So. I love it. <laughs> that, what? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you if you were to suggest, and this is this is almost an unfair question because it's impossible to to name one. But if if you were to suggest one of your one of your top ten resources for young strength coaches, both from a technical perspective and then also a entrepreneur perspective, what what would fit in those categories? Um. Like the resource would, so here, so, so after I read that book, Modern Trends of Strength Training, I'm like, I'm going to work, I have to work for, for, for Charles, or if I can't work for him, I'm going to have to take all those courses or whatever it was going to be, because he was the, uh, but I was going to do that for whoever, I, I, I was pretty serious about going and finding different people, and he was just the, the guy that I really liked, and so I got lucky a little bit, but I would say for people, you have to find a mentor, a mentor that's doing what you want to do. So, like, a lot of guys want to train hockey in Canada. Man, Gary Roberts, right? It's like, does it get better than that? Like, hanging out with you guys. Like, you really, when it comes to hockey, you really can't do better than that. It's like, that would do more mentorships. I, like, work for free, sweep the floor, do whatever it takes if you want to do it. Um, we live in such a great, we live in such a great world right now where you can do any, you can be anybody you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. There's no limitations. And it's just like, if you have the aptitude and, and, and you just want to work hard and do it, go, I mean, there's, there's really no excuses. Um, so internship, I would do a um, book, like in terms of business, gosh, there's so many, I, like I, I referenced it, Robert Kiyosaki, um, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that gets you started. And if the light switch turns on for, if you're an entrepreneur, the light switch will turn on. And then you can go down that, that rabbit hole. I, I, that really helped me a lot. It really did. It just started, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Because I was really poor in school. I really struggled a lot. I can't learn something that's not going to make a difference in my life or I don't enjoy it. I can't learn it. It's like, for me, I was supposed to be a teacher, and I failed Math 105. It's basic algebra in college. Yeah. Four, four times. <laughs> I couldn't pass basic algebra in, at 23 years old or 22 years old in university. So that's why I'm a strength coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's humbling. And you, like you said, you find what, what you're good at and that it, you know, you'll put, you'll put the time in and yeah. you obviously have done that. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really think like they say you do what you like, do what you love to do. And maybe not everybody knows what they love to do, but try a bunch of different things. And you, I really think it's important. There's for people to really enjoy their work if possible. Um, I think it's so important because you can go farther in that way if you really enjoy what you do. Or, um, and the other thing with, with us is you have to enjoy what you do, but you have to enjoy the people that you're around. That's really important. Life is too short to be around bad people. It's too short to be around negative people. And we really try to, um, we try to rid that as fast as possible in our company. Like one of the things that we hire people on is like, would our team like to like to hang out with you? And like, and, and we don't really, you know, tolerate gossip or that sort of thing. It's, it's life is too short. And you know what? Life is really, really hard. And a lot of people go through a lot of different struggles. So one of the things that our business and that I really try to do is you don't have, 
work does not, should not and does not have to be the most important thing in your life, but it should be a good thing in your life. And you should be treated well and you should enjoy what you do and you should enjoy the people that you work around. And that's, and that's what we try to do is make the time that people spent here a good time. We add to their life. So that's perfect. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's, let's end it on that because anything we say afterwards is not, is not going to be as meaningful, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So we want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. I think this was such a great conversation and yeah, we're excited to have more of them with you. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely love to come back and then um, feel free to um, get Mike on like or, or get both of us on yeah we'd love to have both of you on yeah. i think it's like i said that there's so much value in in learning you know the behind the scenes and and what you know what it takes to to make it work 